You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, October 28, 2022. Coming up this hour. Amazon shares plunge after becoming the latest tech giant to post disappointing earnings. Apple avoids the tech route despite warning of a holiday slowdown. The earnings spotlight turns to big oil. ExxonMobil and Chevron are on tap to report. And Elon Musk officially takes over as CEO of Twitter. New York City has its first ever female FDNY commissioner. Plus, we're learning more about a hijacked passenger bus in Queens. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Nets lost in overtime. The Ravens beat the Bucks. The Phillies and Astros begin the World Series tonight in Houston. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning, dragged down by NASDAQ futures, which are leading the declines. It is coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 24 points. Dow futures down 41. And NASDAQ futures down 121. 10-year Treasury down 22.30 seconds. Yield 4.01%. And the yield on the two-year, 4.37%. Nathan. Karen, we begin with an earnings-related sell-off that's on track to wipe more than $600 billion in market value this week alone, and that's just from America's five largest tech companies. The latest culprit is Amazon. Those shares are down 13% in early trading following earnings that fell short. Ed Ludlow has details from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. There was a severe after-hours reaction to Amazon's forecast for the fourth quarter. The revenue will be between $140 and $148 billion, significantly below what the street is looking for, and that's a theme of this earnings season, right? Investors punishing companies, not just those missing on the top and bottom line, but those giving tepid forecasts. There was a long list of problems for Amazon, really. Currency continues to be a headwind to the tune of $900 million in the course of gone, and it will continue to impact Amazon going into the final three months of this year. Ed Ludlow for Bloomberg.
Bloomberg News in San Francisco. All right, Ed, thanks. Well, Apple has managed to avoid the tech route. Its shares are up almost 1% in early trading, though sales of iPhones and services were softer than expected. Apple's revenue and profit both topped estimates. Still, Apple's CFO, Luca Maestri, warns of a holiday slowdown. Overall, we believe total company year-over-year revenue performance will decelerate during the December quarter as compared to the September quarter for a number of reasons. First, we expect nearly 10 percentage points of negative year-over-year impact from foreign exchange. Apple CFO Luca Maestri says sales of Mac computers will decline substantially. Stay tuned for analysis on both Apple and Amazon. Coming up shortly when we speak live with Loop Ventures co-founder Gene Munster. Then we have some more earnings in the meantime to get you caught up on, Karen. Shares of Intel are up almost 5% in early trading. The chipmakers pledging to slash costs to combat a persistent slump in computer demand that's tracking down sales and profit. Gilead Sciences shares are up almost 5% as well. That company boosted its earnings guidance for the full year. And shares of Pinterest are higher by by almost 8%. The social media company reported earnings and revenue that beat estimates. Well, up next, Nathan, the focus turns to big oil. Both ExxonMobil and Chevron report this morning, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Overall, the third quarter was likely a good one for the oil giants, thanks to oil prices that remained elevated through most of the last three months. Bloomberg Intelligence says the company's fourth quarter outlooks will be key. It raised the possibility of weaker cash flow for ExxonMobil due to falling crude and gas prices and said there is the potential for slower profit growth at Chevron. ExxonMobil put out a pre-earnings release to let investors know that its chemicals and refining businesses were down compared to the second quarter. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Jeff. Meantime, President Biden's demanding oil companies cut prices. That's after Shell reported its second highest earnings ever. The president says gasoline prices should reflect what energy companies pay for oil. Last quarter, the five largest oil companies made in the last quarter $70 billion in profit in 90 days. Those comments from President Biden drew a sharp response from oil industry leaders. They say refiners don't set the price of the pump and that Washington should leverage U.S. energy production. Another major story we're following this morning. Nathan closes the book on a six-month takeover saga. Elon Musk has completed his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter. And Bloomberg News has learned he plans to assume the role of CEO today. There will surely be more changes on the way. We get details from Bloomberg intelligence analyst Matthew Bloxham. There's been a lot of speculation about how much Elon Musk is going to change Twitter. You know, we had the rumors about 75% job cuts, uh, the reinstatement of people like Donald Trump to the platform, a complete change in the business model. Over the next 12 months, you could see him introduce some kind of subscription tier to the business. All sorts of things could change. So I think it's going to be an interesting few days and months, and I'm sure we're going to hear quite a bit from him today about his plans. And Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Matthew Bloxham says Musk is expected to remain CEO in the interim, but may eventually cede the role in the long term. Turning to the U.S. economy now, Karen, we wrap up the week with a few notable data points covering inflation, sentiment, and spending. We get more from Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice. The government issues data on September household income and spending today, and Wall Street will keep an eye on inflation figures tied to the report. Bloomberg Economics says any surprise could influence the course of Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. Meantime, Bloomberg Economics says today's University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index for late October will remain low by historic standards, highlighting recession risks. Also on tap today, the Employment Cost Index and Pending Home Sales. Vinny Dell, Judice Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thanks. In Asia overnight, it was all about the yen. 
yen, the currency, has rebounded this week, but is reversing that trend this morning, weakening to 147.70 against the dollar. That's after the Bank of Japan stood pat on its ultra-low interest rate policy. On Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has a story. This is the BOJ pushing back against speculation it might change its tune. No go. The board left the negative rate, the 10-year yield cap, and the asset purchases unchanged. This was in line with all 49 economists surveyed. The BOJ did raise the inflation forecast to 2.9% for the year ending in March. It predicted price growth will slow to 1.6% in the next 12 months. The BOJ is walking a tightrope here as the dovish stance puts downward pressure on the yen while the government is spending billions supporting it. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thanks. S&P futures down 24 points, Dow futures down 50, NASDAQ futures down 121. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street, 46 degrees in Central Park. Slow on the BQE eastbound between Hamilton Avenue and Cadman Plaza. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. We're learning more about a nightmarish commute for public transit bus riders in New York City. Police say an MTA bus was hijacked in Queens yesterday. The bus driver is hailed as a hero after the suspect, armed with what turned out to be a BB gun, confronted a veteran driver. The 44-year-old suspected gunman, Dwayne Gaddy, was taken into custody after the bus crashed into a utility pole. NYPD Deputy Chief Jerry O'Sullivan. I definitely want to commend the driver for his actions. He did not move the bus until everyone was off that bus. I believe the driver was calm and did a great job. Deputy Chief O'Sullivan says the bus driver jumped out of the driver's side window to eventually escape. New York City Mayor Eric Adams appointed Acting Fire Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh to lead the department on a permanent basis, making her the first female commissioner in the 157-year history of the Fire Department of New York. While we put in place the national search, looking over several names and interviewing several candidates, I kept coming back to Laura over and over again. Over and over again, I just kept coming back. To her leadership. After getting sworn in, Kavanaugh says her journey to this moment was unexpected. New York City's story is fundamentally one of making the impossible possible. Kavanaugh, who is 40, has served as acting commissioner since the retirement of Commissioner Daniel Nigro in February. Election sites across the country have been encountering threats and intimidation since early voting began in some states. Out of concerns for the safety of poll workers and voters, the NYPD has announced that they will be keeping a closer eye on polling places. With the midterm elections less than two weeks away, the NYPD is warning that racially motivated and anti-government extremists could target poll workers, political rallies, politicians, and voting sites. Police say there are currently no specific threats in the city. North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles today as it continues a barrage of launches in opposition to U.S. and South Korean military drills. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
Coming up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stanshower. All right, Nathan, after a turbulent offseason with a star player demanded a trade, unless the coach and general manager are fired, maybe not a surprise. The Nets are off to a slow start. They lost at Barclays to Dallas, 129-125 in overtime. Luka Doncic, 41 points in a triple-double for the Mavs. Kevin Durant, who rescinded that trade demand, scored 37 points. Kyrie Irving had 39, but the Nets too much of a two-man team. The duo took 52 shots, and the rest of the team only 41, and the Nets are 1-4. and four. The Knicks have better balance. They're 3-1. and one. They played tonight in Milwaukee. The Tampa Bay Bucks started the season 2-0. and oh. Now they're 3-5. and five. Lost at home to Baltimore 27-22. to 22. The Ravens outrushed Tampa Bay 231-44. to 44. Here's Tom Brady on what went wrong. Struggling right area, struggling third down, struggling run game, uh, two-point plays, short yardage, Back up. Start the first quarter. Start of the third quarter. Not very good offense football. The only positive for Tampa right now in the NFC South, no one's over 500. So the Bucks can win the division, but hard to see them making a Super Bowl run the way they're playing now. Giants are six and one without any production from last year's first round draft pick, wide receiver Kadarius Tony. He hurt one hamstring and then the other, and the Giants just traded Tony to Kansas City for third and sixth round draft pick. World Series begins tonight in Houston. The Astros won 106 games in the regular season. The Phillies won 87. That's the largest disparity since 06. That's 1906. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. <laughs> okay, John, thanks. S&P futures now down 26 points. Dow futures down 66. NASDAQ futures leading the declines now down 123 points or 1.1%. Amazon shares down 12.7%. We'll talk about tech earnings next with... Gene Munster, the co-founder of Loop Ventures. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by SEI. Asset managers don't get results that are off the charts when their solutions are off the shelf. Learn how SEI's operating platform can turn infrastructure into a competitive advantage at SCIC.com slash tech. Watching some earnings crossing the Bloomberg. Chevron blowing past analyst estimates with the second highest earnings in history, accelerating a profit uh, haul for the world's biggest oil explorers and Chevron shares of 2.3% in early trading. Meanwhile, futures are lower. S&P futures. Futures down 28 points. Dow futures down 74. Nasdaq futures falling down 130. And the 10-year Treasury down 21.30 seconds, yield 4.00%. And as a Bloomberg Business Flash, now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. With polls showing Republicans gaining ground, Democrats are turning to former President Obama as the midterms approach. He's campaigning today in Atlanta for Senator Raphael Warnock, who is locked in a tight race against former football star Herschel Walker. Thursday night football, the Ravens beat the Buccaneers 27-22. Tonight, game one of the World Series between the Phillies and the Astros. In the NBA, the Nets lost. The Warriors won NHL. The Bruins won the Capitals' loss. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts. 
broadcast to more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. It's 619 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak at the end of a bruising week for tech earnings. Amazon is the latest stock to get punished, now down 12 and 3 quarters percent on a weak holiday forecast. But if there's one somewhat bright spot, it may be Apple. Those shares are higher by nearly 1% this morning. Let's get some more insights now from Gene Munster, the co-founder of Loop Ventures. I spoke with Gene earlier this morning. He told me that tech investors are looking for two things right now, performance and potential. Investors in this environment want both. And what we've seen is that the companies that have offered the biggest potential, you think about Meta as the perfect example of that related to the metaverse, have been hit the hardest, uh, Google to a lesser extent, but still this idea of investors waiting for something to emerge is uh, usually very important for tech investors, but in this earnings period, it's less important. And I think one of the beauties of Apple is that their current performance has been solid, and they still have this optionality around new markets that they can get into that can potentially have a step function up in their growth rate, which is hard to imagine given how big they are that the law of numbers can uh, still work in their favor, but I think that that is the, is the balance that this company is working. And just to put it into perspective, Nathan, one final point mm-hmm. is that Apple is the only big tech company to guide essentially in line with the street. They don't give formal guidance, but you can back into it. And I think that that speaks to the strength of performance. And if you're curious, the reason why was iPhone. It's just over half of their business. It was up 10% year over year. That was in the face of a 47% comp. And so the number actually would have been even stronger if not for supply constraints. They're still supply constrained on the most popular pro models by three to four weeks. And typically at this point in the cycle, we're six weeks into the new iPhone cycle, you would see lead times of one to two weeks. And so I, I think that, um, you know, they are continuing to do well. They got the performance. And they got the potential around automotive and AR and, and something in health. Talking about supply constraints, we were seeing a lot of constraints apparently coming out of Amazon's results, projecting a much weaker than expected holiday quarter. And I assume that that, that includes the uh, earlier Prime Day promotions that we just saw, right? Most of those promo- those promotions fell into the September quarter. And so it's, uh, it's less about uh, the Prime Day impact, but... I want to put some perspective, and uh, they did guide uh, lower than where the street was at for the December quarter. That's true, but I just I think there's this um, I think it's an overreaction. I just want to make the case that it is an overreaction. Is that uh, the street was previously looking for 12% revenue growth for December? If you take the midpoint of their guidance, it would have been uh, 4%. So that, that is a slowing growth. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they usually hit the high end over the past 20 years, almost 95% of the time they come in at the high end. That would be like 6%. So they guided down. That is true. The consumer is weak. That is true. Uh, the advertisers are weak. Um, all of this is having a negative impact on Amazon's business. But the piece that surprises me is that uh, I think it is uh, just this reaction down 13% is more commentary uh, about that uh, we were talking about earlier with Apple is that investors just demand performance today. And whether it's a small cap or a megatech cap, they want it today. And I, I suspect that uh, investors will quickly move on and, and, and get more comfortable that Amazon's business is in a good place longer term. Well, we've got John, Gene. I've got to get your thoughts on Twitter now that Elon Musk apparently is at least an interim CEO. Is Twitter investable under an Elon Musk as the leader? 
Yes, anything with Elon uh, right now, he still has the golden touch, so it, it is investable. He's going to kind of go away for two or three years and and take the rails off of it and run this like a, a private company that it, that, it, that it will be. And uh, we'll see what, what he pops out. I'm, I was encouraged to hear his commentary yesterday that he does not want this to become a free-for-all uh, because obviously he's going to uh, take some of the, 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 uh, the governors off of what you can say. And uh, I think that's, that's important. Uh, ultimately, uh, when you, when you put this all together, Twitter is still a side project for Elon. His, his true passions are Tesla and SpaceX. And I think that, uh, we're thinking a lot about it now, probably a year or two from now, we're going to be thinking a lot more about SpaceX and Tesla. Just about 30 seconds left, Gene. We've seen, obviously, tech shares broadly get punished this week. Would you buy back into tech at these levels? I, I think so. If, if you have a, a perspective, I think that uh, more than two-year perspective, I mean, we own some of these. We own Meta. We own Amazon. They've had a tough week, but we aren't, we're not selling them. And ultimately, I think that uh, you know they have assets that are hard to replicate. Forty percent of the world's population visits a Facebook property on a daily basis. Amazon has logistics that no other e-commerce company can touch. And I think you probably have to assume that all that we're in economically is going to fade or will go away eventually. It will stabilize, and these companies are going to right-size right, uh, right size their growth rates back to what we're accustomed to. And that was Gene Munster, co-founder of Loop Ventures. Our thanks to Gene for joining us this morning on Bloomberg Daybreak as we continue to watch Amazon shares fall in the pre-market. They're now down 12.7%. Apple shares are higher by almost 1%. Tesla's moving lower, down 1%, with Elon Musk taking over as CEO, not just of Tesla, but now of Twitter. S&P futures down 24 points, Dow futures down 46, and NASDAQ futures are lower by 117 points. That is a drop of 1%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by Anshin Accountants and Advisors, the right fit tax and accounting firm that you need to succeed. Visit them at Anshin.com slash VIP to learn more. That's Anshin.com slash VIP. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 630 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interest at IBKR.com slash RIA. Up first, U.S. futures are falling this morning. Uh, that's led lower by tech as we wrap up a volatile week. Amazon is leading the decline, so those shares are down about 12.7% in early trading. Amazon predicting the slowest holiday quarter growth in the company's history. Bloomberg Intelligence senior analyst Poonam Goyle has more on the results. Sales were weak across the board. Guidance is weak. Margins are weak. I mean, overall, you know, the bright star here that used to be AWS is also weaker, both on sales and margin. So I think there's a lot to digest, but it's kind of humming the same tunes as other results that we've seen earlier, where the consumer is slowing, spending is slowing, and hence the results are much weaker than expected. 
And Bloomberg Intelligence analyst Poonam Goyal says Amazon's market value is set to drop below $1 trillion today. So far this week, more than $600 billion in market value is on track to be erased from America's five largest tech companies. Well, one company avoiding the tech route, Karen, is Apple. Those shares are up by 1% after the company posted mostly positive results. Ed Ludlow has more from our Bloomberg 960 newsroom in San Francisco. It was a mixed bag of results. The stock really bounced around in after-hours trading. The kind of thing that investors latched onto was that iPhone sales in the quarter were weaker than expected. Remember, the new iPhone 14 handset launched on September 16th, which gave two weeks in the end of the quarter to get an early read on demand there. There was strength in MacBook, but weakness in services and iPad and also impacts from foreign exchange. A stronger dollar continuing to be a headwind for mega cap tech stocks, for big tech companies all around the world. Ed Ludlow for Bloomberg News in San Francisco. All right, Ed, thanks. Shares of Chevron up more than 2%. Earnings topped analyst estimates as the oil giant posted its second highest profit ever. We also heard from Exxon it raised its dividend more than expected as the oil giant disclosed one of its largest ever quarterly profits. And Elon Musk has completed his 40 $44 billion acquisition of Twitter, Karen. Bloomberg News has learned he's gotten rid of the CEO and other major executives. Musk plans to be Twitter's chief executive for now. He may also do away with permanent user bans, a category that includes former President Donald Trump. And that's the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. We're at 46 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident westbound Belt Parkway near Erskine Street. Michael Bars here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A quick-thinking bus driver may have averted a tragedy in New York City. Police say a 44-year-old man, Dwayne Gaddy, who was eventually arrested, stopped a bus in Queens, boarded it, and pulled out a firearm toward the bus driver. NYPD Deputy Chief John Clune. The bus driver immediately opened all the doors to allow all passengers to exit. Once on the bus, the mailmate made statements that he was being chased and directed the bus driver to continue driving. Police say the bus driver and the suspect then traveled for more than 30 blocks when the driver slowed down and jumped out of the window. The bus drove on until it hit a utility pole. New York City Mayor Eric Adams appointed acting Fire Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh to lead the department on a permanent basis, making her the first female commissioner in the 157-year history of the FDNY. Cavanaugh, who is 40, spoke after being sworn in. Where a shy, introverted, only child could get a one-way ticket to New York City seeking to serve a higher purpose in the best city on earth, and two decades later find herself here leading the greatest fire department in the world through unprecedented times is something that could only happen here. President Joe Biden traveled to upstate New York to praise Micron's investment of $100 billion over the next two decades to build up semiconductor factories in the Syracuse area. New York Governor Kathy Hochul speaking after the president praised Micron investing in the area that had lost a lot of manufacturing jobs over the decades. Our shared values and how we can work together, the private sector and government saying we can work together to just build and energize a community that had been forgotten for so long. The president's visit comes after Senator Chuck Schumer says he's feeling real good about the upcoming election. This after the majority leader was called on a hot mic earlier speaking to the president 
expressing doubt about the Democrats' chances in the U.S. Senate race in Georgia. Workers at a Trader's Joe's in New York City voted against unionizing. According to a tally provided by the National Labor Relations Board, the vote was 94 to 66 against forming a union at the store, which is located in the Williamsburg neighborhood of Brooklyn. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stanshower. All right, Nathan. The Nets getting plenty of scoring from their stars. Again, last night, Kyrie Irving, 39 points. Kevin Durant, 37. But they're getting little from anyone else. Not good enough defense. And the Nets are 1-4. They lost at Barclays to Dallas, 129-125 in overtime. Mavs star Luka Doncic scored 41 points. He had a triple-double. Tom Brady came out of that very short retirement trying to win his eighth Super Bowl, but Tampa Bay just three and five lost at home to Baltimore. 27-22, Brady's only TD pass came in the final minute. The Giants expected wideout Kadarius Tony to have a big season in his second season. He's hardly played, and the Giants just traded Tony to Kansas City for third and sixth round draft picks. Tony, the last first round selection made by the former GM. Dave Gettleman. David Stearns resigned as the team president of Milwaukee Brewers, and some are connecting dots. The Mets are looking for a president, and Stearns is a New York native. World Series starts tonight in Houston with Justin Verlander on the bound for the Astros. First ballot Hall of Famer, about to win another Cy Young Award, but his World Series career with Houston, before that Detroit, Verlander 0-6 with a 5.68 ERA. I would like to get a win, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to, like I said, I, that's not my goal. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to say that that feels like it's lacking because innately that would make it a particular goal of mine. My goal is to go out and give us the best chance to win. If that ends up resulting in a win, great. Aaron Nola starts for the Phillies. They've been around since the 19th century. They've only won the World Series twice. The Astros and Phillies combined record in this postseason is 16 and 2. John Stashan with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. For that, we are joined by Bloomberg television anchor and markets correspondent Danny Berger as the earnings focus shifts from tech to big oil. And we're getting some big results this morning from ExxonMobil and Chevron. Danny? Yeah, I mean, expectations were already high given how high nat gas prices have been, given how high oil prices have been, and even so, Chevron and Exxon just blowing through expectations. Uh, Chevron, their EPS came in at uh, $5.56. The estimate was for just under $5, and Exxon, for their beat, it came in EPS at $4.45. The expectation had been $3.89. So, a big beat here, again, prices playing into this, but also a lot of the Permian Basin output, all of that was higher than expected as well. So really strong quarters, continues off the back of other record quarters. Chevron, this was their second highest profit ever. Um, and they're expanding capital expenditures because of this. Um, Exxon, for its part, is boosting its dividend. Chevron is not, which is perhaps why Exxon is outperforming pre-market. It's up three and a third percent. Chevron is just over one and a half percent. But Nathan, you also got to wonder, are these continued big old monster profits also going to uh, attract the attention and potential criticism of the White House? Yeah, we heard some of that criticism just yesterday once again from President Biden on the campaign trail. we got to keep talking, though, about tech. We've uh, wrapped up earnings season there with uh, really disappointing results from Amazon. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's really all about the um, their you know usually what's their their peak season, the Christmas uh, holiday season, uh, seeing sales growth of two to eight percent. That is below expectations. So shares off by about twelve percent in the pre market this morning. Now it's 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 not just this idea that consumers aren't spending as much. It, that is obviously a big part of it. The CFO talks about this on their earnings call that, you know, wallets are getting pinched from the consumers. They're not spending as much this season. But part of the issue also is that, of course, everyone will recall during COVID times when we couldn't go to normal shops, people were spending pretty heavily um, on Amazon. So what did that mean? It meant that they plowed a lot of money into growing, uh, into uh, more sorting facilities, things like that. And now all of a sudden they're looking at a picture where growth isn't as strong. It isn't as fast. So it's something of perhaps they just spent too far too fast and now they need to rearrange a bit. Yeah, and it's interesting as well, though, to see uh, Apple shares now up 1.1% on an expectation that uh, even with uh, consumers getting pinched, people could still be spending on iPhones and Apple services. Bloomberg TV anchor and markets correspondent Danny Berger, as always, good to have you on with us in the pre-market. As we take a look at stocks as a whole ahead of the open, futures are moving lower, though Dow futures are uh, trimming some of their declines after the earnings from ExxonMobil and Chevron. Dow futures down 34 points. S&P futures are down 21. And NASDAQ futures still leading the declines down 1% or 111 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today. Or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And NASDAQ futures are leading declines this morning. Another busy morning for corporate earnings. And we want to go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Tatiana Darie. Tatiana, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Like you said, futures lower this morning after more disappointing tech earnings. The Dow futures lower by 52 points. S&P's lower by 25. And NASDAQ down 125. Looking across asset treasuries, reversing recent gains with a 10-year yield of nearly 8 basis points. Points. The dollar is stronger while the Japanese yen weakened as the BOJ stuck to its easy policy. Back in the U.S. on the economic front today, we have PC inflation data, personal spending, and University of Michigan consumer sentiment. In early trading, we're seeing Amazon down 12% after forecasting its slowest holiday sales growth ever. Apple, on the other hand, is higher by 1% after its numbers. Regarding other earnings, Intel up 5 after vowing to aggressively cut costs and Chevron up two after posting its second highest earnings in the company's history. Wrapping things up here, Elon Musk completed his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter and is said to assume the role of CEO. Live from the first and breaking news desk, I'm Tatiana Daria Karen. Yeah, lots going on, Tatiana. Thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed in an hours-long speech that he has no intention of striking Ukraine with nuclear weapons. But Putin did point fingers at the U.S. and other Western nations, claiming that they are escalating the war there. In Thursday night football, the Ravens 
Ravens beat the Buccaneers 27-22. Tonight, it's game one of the World Series between the Phillies and the Astros. In the NBA, the Nets lost, the Warriors won. In the NHL, the Bruins won, the Capitals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. At 649 on Wall Street, it's turned to news now in science and technology with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 100 national university by U.S. News and World Report, and number 14 in the nation on money's best colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Two NASA spacecraft at Mars, one on the surface and the other in orbit, have reached the biggest meteor strikes and impact craters yet. The journal Science reports the high-speed barrages last year sent seismic waves rippling thousands of miles across Mars. The larger of the two strikes turned out boulder-sized slabs of ice, which may help researchers look for ways future astronauts can tap into Mars's natural resources. The European Union has agreed on a deal to effectively ban internal combustion engine cars from 2035. It's a move that would reshape transportation. It also would mark a significant step on the path to reduce carbon emissions. In 13 years, car makers would have to reach a zero-emission target. And a battle is brewing around Europe's rooftop over the planet's most precious resource. The crystal clear waters issuing from the Alps could become increasingly contested as climate change and glacier melt affect the lives of tens of millions in the coming years. Italy wants them for crop irrigation in the spring and summer. Swiss authorities want to hold up flows to ensure their hydroelectric plants can rev up when needed. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios where it's coming up to 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden crowing about the chips bill while demanding oil companies cut prices. The president saying some Americans are better off despite inflation and former President Trump shelling out $20 million to support his Senate candidates. Also making news, Democrats' struggles to find an economic message highlighted in races in Nevada. It's a story written by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. And Emily is here with us now back from the Silver State, Emily, where I guess you've been talking to voters. What are they saying? So I've been talking talk to a number of voters. A lot of them were undecided, which probably isn't that surprising, given that, that about a third of Nevada's electorate is completely unaffiliated with either party. And a lot of folks said that, you know, their top issue was the economy. It's the higher prices. It's inflation. This is a sign of what we are seeing nationally right now. And Democrats in Nevada, it's not that they're not messaging about the economy. They are going out and they are talking about it, but they're just trying to find a message that really sticks. You know, a lot of folks, you ask them what they blame the economy on, and they'll acknowledge that, sure, there are problems uh, with Ukraine, that there was the pandemic. But a lot of them still believe that the Biden administration, the amount of spending that they did, and just some of the decisions that they've made has all played a factor into the current high prices that we're seeing. And that's what Democrats are up against as they go into Election Day. And Nevada is a really interesting spot, Nathan, not just because there are so many races, you got three House races, the Senate race, but also because that state was hit particularly hard by COVID and is still 
hit hard. Gas prices there are some of the highest in the nation. They've got problems with rent, problems with mortgages. And so it's very, very much a key place where Democrats need to get their message together on the economy and make sure that they are projecting that message in the next two weeks. And talking about those high gas prices, Emily, now that we've gotten these earnings from ExxonMobil, the highest earnings in their 152-year history and the second highest earnings ever for Chevron, you have to wonder whether this economic message is something that the president is going to keep focusing on. It definitely seems to be the case because Biden has, again, urged oil companies to cut prices after seeing some of these really high profits. And this plays right into the demo- part of the Democrats' message is that they are blaming bit oil companies, calling them big oil, saying that they are the reason that prices are so high and that they need to bring prices back down. And that is resounding with folks. A lot of Americans out there, they don't necessarily trust big corporations or they have some sort of skepticism about them. And so that's what that message plays off of. Of course, the trick is that Americans do need to actually hear that message. Uh, a lot of them, you know, they go to the grocery store, they go to the gas pump, they see the prices there. Uh, but hearing the message is a little difficult right now just because there are so much information, so many ads being pumped on TV. Um, and that's really a, a trick that the Democrats are, are going to need to sort of hone in, focus on that message in, in the next few weeks. Yeah, and interesting to hear added to that message, Emily, this interview that the president gave last night to a News Nation television network and at one point saying uh, many Americans are better off despite inflation what's he what's his reasoning there so this is something we've seen the white house do a lot this year they've tried to point to the indicators that they think are good even though inflation is at a 40-year high so in this interview biden pointed to the fact that they've created between 6,000 and 7,000 man- sorry 600,000 and 700,000 manufacturing jobs um, they also pointed to uh, stronger than expected growth in u.s economic output in the previous quarter um, and really trying to tout those signs we've seen this i said as I said before, with the Biden administration continuing to tout the low unemployment. Um, but, of course, that has come with the trade-off, and the trade-off has been inflation. And as we get to this point in the midterm, Emily, with the economic message coming to the fore, very interesting now to see former President Donald Trump sort of t- putting uh, his toe in uh, with uh, quite a lot of money from his super PAC. Yeah, Trump is finally putting his money where his mouth is. He's uh, given $20 million to candidates in October. A lot of these are candidates who are running for the Senate. Obviously, that that's the, the big competitive one uh, where it's still really unclear which way it will go. Uh, Trump's invested into kind of some of the basic races that you would expect, Georgia, Nevada, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Um, but he's also invested in Arizona, which is interesting uh, because we're, uh, the pack with ties to Republicans Republican leader Mitch McConnell cut its spending in Arizona so it could focus on more competitive states. So you're really seeing Trump go ahead and step in there. Should also note that it's not like Trump is draining his war chest right now. Uh, he has $92 million uh, that he has raised, the largest in the Republican Party. $20 million is, is nothing to sneeze at, uh, but it also kind of shows that, that he's keeping uh, a lot of his powder dry at this point, potentially for 2024 uh, and potentially beyond. Yeah, I wanted to get into that a little bit, wondering how much of an impact this amount of spending could have at this point in the election when we're just less than two weeks away and there's already early voting underway. we got about 30 seconds left here. 
It, it, that's a really interesting question, Nathan, because it kind of goes to the question of how much saturation can Americans take. Certainly, there are some folks who really haven't decide, started deciding who they're going to vote for. Maybe these ads reach them. Maybe they see something that they really like. But for a lot of folks, they've been so bombarded with ads in these key swing states that they're just tuning things out at this point. Yeah, and I saw that story you wrote on the Bloomberg Terminal. That's something that the voters in Nevada had been telling you as well, that they just feel like they're being bombarded by the ads. Want to encourage our listeners uh, on the Bloomberg Terminal, check out that story from Emily Wilkins. Nevada races show Democrats struggle to find an economic message. And more on all these stories we've been talking about, just go to Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. Follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Continuing to watch shares of ExxonMobil up 1.8% after the highest earnings in its 152-year history. Chevron shares are higher by 1% as well, second highest earnings ever. S&P futures are down 22 points. Dow futures down 33. NASDAQ futures still leading the declines down 1% or 114 points. Much more to come on Bloomberg Surveillance. That's next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.